0: It's Thursday, July 8th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 574 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 40 minutes. Welcome to Fear the
1: Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. I'm Brodor. Dan, I want to give a shout-out real quick. Okay, go ahead. Chris Hussey was approached by Pinnacle and has been running a Deadlands game on their Twitch stream. Wow. Yeah, I saw the uh, screenshots of it. it. Looks really cool. That's true. Wow. Yeah, There's some kind of labor
0: violation here. <laughs> I sure
1: like, like Shane Hensley Deadlands Pinnacle? Yes. Chris Hussey is running an official Pinnacle AP that is a Deadlands on their Twitch stream. So you, what you're suggesting is, is that if an individual
2: puts together a quality actual play and consistently advocates for a game, that game company may be
1: open to them running APs officially for them? Well, Chris has also published through Pinnacle as well and cultivated a relationship. So Chris is
2: a big deal. I'm not. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yes, (laughs) you got it. Actually, you didn't
1: get it. So Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to give him a shout out because I thought it was really cool to see him out there because he's not on the mics with us very often, yeah. and we usually just make fun of him. Nice. So I thought I'd say something yeah. nice because I'm for him. I'm jealous of it. It's really cool. Yeah. no, Okay. For sure. One of you
0: used the correct word. One of you didn't. I used envious. So I was correct. Thank you. But here's the thing about Hussey. As <laughs> much as we make fun of old man Hussey, dude's got hustle. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: I yeah. mean, yeah. He, it's in the name. He hustles. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I'm glad to see that Hussey's hustles are paying off somewhere other than his hot dishes. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> So I will link that in the show notes if you're interested. No, don't link a hot dish. When you no, when no, no, you no, say no.
2: hot dish, I think Okay, now our topic for today. <laughs> Wait a minute. You totally derailed me. I didn't even get into my diner porn scenario. <laughs> no, we knew. No,
0: no. We knew. We knew. Yeah. It's like when you play chess, you think three steps ahead. Yeah. Or oh, wow. it's like, oh my God, I'm so predictable and boring. I'm you know sorry. how now like, you just before a major natural disaster, you see all the animals fleeing in a particular direction. I do. Yeah. Somehow they get it on a level we don't until they it happens. It, yeah. Sure. The three of us are those animals, <laughs> and we just started flying west for no particular reason right. against the jet stream because
2: you. Need- there was a 70s diner merkin diatribe that i was going to get into <laughs> that you yeah. wanted to derail i gotcha mm-hmm. i gotcha okay fair All right. enough so yeah.
0: i can't believe i'm about to pass the mic right back to you <laughs> but anyways do check the show notes if you want a link to chris hussey's twitch stream for the game that he is running or the actual play that he is running for pinnacle and check that out and now with that done let's go ahead and roll into our topic for today which is going to be combat, and the host you would expect least to be about to get high praise here is about to get high praise. But I'm going to first start with Brodor, where I just don't have a good frame of reference because outside of con games, I've never played in one of your games. So
2: for me as a game master, when it comes to combat, particularly when I'm doing a game that has a very intensive combat mechanic, like a Harn Master or a Dungeons and Dragons, something where you look at your character sheet, and a very large portion of that character sheet is geared toward fighting X. That is where I am most comfortable. As a game master, in terms of, well, in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. For example, we talk a lot about on the show about spotlight and about distributing spotlight equally among people. Well, in a lot of games, mechanically, there are rules, literal rules for telling you when it's this person's turn for spotlight and that person's turn for spotlight. This stat, you make this roll. And that person's turn for spotlight you've rolled initiative, you've dealt initiative cards, what have you. We know the order in which these PCs get to take actions. So now I feel like as a game master, I have a tremendous amount of control and authority over the situation because we all agree Mm. it's Chad's action. Chad won initiative. So we all know that Chad's going to go first, but more importantly, there is pressure because it's real, right?
0: Mm. And so, like a lot of game masters... What do you mean by it's real? I assume we're not going Blackleaf here.
2: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What I mean is is that if we're in a social situation, Dan, and we're role-playing, and Wayne's character wants to interject, and Chad's character wants to interject... Sorry, my enunciation was sh**. I apologize. I've been drinking and I'm on a manic high. So tomorrow's going to be a horrible day for me. You should probably call and make sure I didn't kill myself. But my point is, is that in a social situation, there's a lot of jumping in and a lot of interaction, but in a combat situation, Wayne knows that even though he's queued up to fire his arrows, it's Chad's action and Chad's going to go. And Wayne's got to sit on his hands and keep his mouth shut and do his thing. That, that's the place where i excel where everyone else knows their place and i'm in control
1: oh that's where i'm good okay so i wanted to wait for you to get through all of that before i give you my view on combat when i come in because i'm the opposite i am not comfortable once it goes to combat i am the, my most uncomfortable once i'm running the combat i'm much more comfortable moving the spotlight around dealing with players having npcs talk When the combat happens, I don't want let's say it's Chad's turn I don't want you, world Order to be quiet. I want the characters to be talking and interacting even during combat. And because of the strict structure in certain games of initiative and that, I don't get that. And I don't get that myself. I want my NPCs to be given lip and arguing and conversing and have it all feel real and fluid. And I feel constrained once we go to the the rules of initiatives and things. And I know I can have my NPCs doing this. Anyone can talk out of order to be doing that. But I always forget when it comes to so, it. So,
2: and this is a very serious question, and I don't mean to create a tangent, and we might. When you, Wayne, are running a game, why do you fight? Why have combat? And that that's not rhetorical. Seriously,
1: when you're running a game, what is the purpose of combat? Yeah, that's a great question. So... Any situation can be gotten around without combat being needed, but I don't want to take it off the table for the players. Now, see, as a gamer, I want to argue and
2: I want to say, World War (laughs) Two, World War One, history.
1: There are a lot of things that can only be solved through fighting.
2: Yeah, that's the
1: real world. That's not a game that I'm presenting in a fantasy world. Uh, Okay,
2: all right, all right. Under okay, I I in a a fantasy, yeah, in a
1: fantasy world, anything that I put out there, the players can find a way. I don't enforce combat is going to happen, but the players want it and combat is fun. And I do enjoy doing the combat as well. I just find it's my weakest thing as a GM, but I don't want to deprive the player, okay. that, especially let's say you're running a and D game. Those are characters that no. probably want combat. I run a superheroes game. They want to fight. I want to make them angry at my NPC mm-hmm. to the point that there's nothing more they want to do than to kick its ass. And with my cliffhangers, (laughs) I do that. Uh, My group... Yeah, you're like the Robert Kirkman of Game Masters. It's like every single session. (laughs) When my group finally gets their hands on the NPCs, they don't want to talk to them. They want to kick their ass for the most part. Here's what I want
2: as a combat encounter. And again, I want to give the table back to you because I am fascinated by your perspective.
1: because. I'm the opposite side of the coin. Well, and specifically, we're not at odds for what we want. We're no, we like, just get off on different stuff. We're just more comfortable with different aspects. Mm. I want to be better at it. I want to be able to do a big dance of death but, combat that everyone's balancing. But, but wait, the, the, the thing, no,
2: you don't suck. What you need to do Blow. is embrace control. The, <laughs> no, No, I'm serious. The one time as a game master... You have the most significant amount of control over your table as during a combat encounter. We literally have rules to dictate the order of play. We literally have rules for each particular character type or character class and what they can and cannot do. There's very, very few curveballs that you're going to be thrown, but even more exciting... You have an enormous toolbox of curveballs that you're going to throw them. And when your players strap into that roller coaster, they have to feel, even though you're not going to do it, they have to feel that that
1: safety harness might blow. I guess my thing is, I want those curveballs. I want it to feel like a role-playing game and not a miniature you don't want to feel like the final fantasy video oh, where you're walking around talking
2: that's not to say curveballs don't exist it's just if you browbeat them right if you <laughs> no i'm serious if you browbeat your players with the actual pressure that should be there like one of my least favorite things that players try to do in a combat encounter, Let's have fun. Is no, 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 no. <laughs> Fun's great, but they they want to talk to each other about. Oh well, you know what you should do. You should cast da 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 da. No, f- off. Right. That's not what we're doing. The time to talk was before we rolled dice for initiative. Now now is the time for action it is your turn what do you do you don't great Wayne it's your turn what do you do great you did that Wayne let's resolve that perfect Dan it's your turn oh Chad Mm -hmm. you want to interject great you roll your whatever to try to interject on the bad guy whatever you just keep going and going and moving Mm -hmm. and moving and moving and moving and then people are losing hit points they're taking major harms all of this bloodshed engine and flow is going and there's absolute chaos and the only person
1: at the table that has any idea about what's really really going on is you so i want to agree and disagree with you on something i 100 agree i hate it when people are sitting there talking strategy in the middle of it out of character but like rules meta yes oh no, a meta don't standpoint. do lightning bolt do fireball because it does three and a half percent more damage
0: like, on Chad, average shut the
2: f- up, I, it's wayne's action wayne what do you
0: cast yeah but, and that's
2: and that, that does not mean no, to be no, a no. dick you're it,
1: right because it yeah. deflates the yes. that excitement it, it that danger
2: it, it it forces how, my foot off the throttle
1: yeah. however i want the characters to be able to do that if sure. they're in the middle of the yeah. fight and let's say chad's character's getting hit i want him to turn to the healer where's the f- yeah. healing yeah. But, that's, but i want his character to do it not him. Yeah,
2: oh, we're on the same page we're absolutely on the same yeah. page the johnny lightning Cast yeah. a lightning bolt! Yeah. You,
1: you can't give three or four sentences. You've got five seconds to do right. this in. But what do you say to him? Right. I want that to be happening. Right. Keep I say
2: page up. 68. <laughs> it has got the curtain rules. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Lightning, read your content character sheet. <laughs> but but here's, here's the other
1: thing. Is God, the, I hate Johnny Lightning. The, 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 <laughs> the power that you have as the game master. I am so going to create an NPC in some game that fits. Like next superhero game, yeah. I'm going to create. Johnny a Lightning. One, call Johnny Lightning. Because I know Chad's going to want to punch it in the face. Mm-hmm. When you are running
2: a combat encounter as the game master, that is when I feel I am at my greatest in terms of thrill. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I don't have good narrative. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. I don't have good strong provocative emotional stories. Jam. It's my thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. And when I'm running a combat encounter and I'm on my side of the screen and I know what's going on and everything for the players, right? So when I'm a game master I'm concerned because there's so much going on in the world, right? You have all your rules, Chad, with your character. And Dan, you have all your rules with your character. And Wayne, you have all your rules with your character. But more importantly... Johnny Lightning hasn't read any of them. You're Wayne, right? And you're Dan. And you're Chad. And you're sitting at the table with Phoenix and with John or whomever. And individually, you're smarter than me. But collectively, I have no chance. However, when we sit down in a fight all of that falls away and you're Dan and he's Wayne and Wayne thinks he knows what Dan should do. And Dan thinks he knows what Chad should do, but none y'all know what I'm going to do. And I control the throttle well, and you don't see my dice and you don't know what's going on. It's like
1: BDSM and only I know the safe word. You know what? Okay, Okay. Is it pineapple? There's one big difference there between me and you as well. I typically roll out in front of everyone. I don't fudge dice you never fudge dice in favor of you
2: but you have Unless to be it's in, interesting you have to be in a position to fail in favor of your party and here's why I say that that's my break so I've got my throttle right I can make the combat encounter as difficult as I want until we roll an initiative then I have to massage. And I have to figure out all my bells and my knobs and my throttles and my yaw and my tilt and figure out what can I do to make all of you motherfuckers feel like I'm going to run a TPK, but I know I'm not. Mm. And you know what? When you showed up today at 6 o'clock and you sat down and we bullshit for a half hour, you knew I wasn't going to run a TPK either. But at 7.30 tonight, you guys were convinced I was going to run a TPK.
1: Until I didn't. Well, so, and this might be a semantics thing. I don't fudge the dice. I fudge the stats that they don't know. So, oh, okay. So yeah. it's, a, it's six of one, half a dozen yeah. of the other.
2: The thing is, is that we're lying to them, and they don't know we're lying. But more importantly, even if they know subconsciously, they'll give a f-
1: because it was yeah. fun. Yeah. For you, at that point in combat is when you feel like you have the most control. In my case, is where I feel like I have the least. I'm controlling the whole world, and the rules are whatever I want to adjust the rules uh, what's to be body outside. body count? Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. Hold on all up, here, all up here. All right. got to get some structures. There's been about 25. <laughs> it's really a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Dan, take control of your show here. There's been about 85,000 points in there, and i, I got to start <laughs> putting these in some kind yeah. of structure. All right. So first off, I'm going to back way up here. Bertie you talked about spotlight management, and I think you just put words to something that I have intuitively felt for a long time, but was never able to pin down, this is why I so profoundly hate mechanics like Shaken. Be- and not no, sh-
2: you're, I thought about this on the drive yeah. here. I get,
0: and, I, not, and D&D has spells like Hold purse or right. whatever that effectively do the same thing. It's the, always fun to do something. It's never fun yeah, to not do that something. If we have a combat, and let's say Brodor's running the game, and he's got five enemies and there's Chad, Wayne, and me as a player. So there's a total of eight things in the field here, and that's my spotlight is one-eighth of that time, and something in the game takes away my spotlight, and there's no negotiating with it. There's no bargaining with it. It's, hey, Dan, it's your turn. Hope you Mm -hmm. beat Shaken because that's all you get to do this turn. You don't get your spotlight. It'd be like, Chad trying to speak in a game, and I'm like, "You don't get to role play tonight. <laughs> Shut up! Your voice box got cut out for no reason, and cool. you're handcuffed, and so you can't sign. And you sit there while everyone else role plays. Oh my god! Well, I get a vocoder, and I like start doing some West Coast
1: '90s rap. And well, man. and even if you're looking at turns of spotlight, <laughs> there are different characters in different classes. We keep going back to D and D. Let's say D and D. Dan, you're playing a monk and broder class yeah, yeah. Brodor, <laughs> you're <laughs> playing monk, a johnny lightning you're playing something that's essentially a healer. <laughs> on your turn everyone's at full health and you have no real combat abilities you're not going to be doing much on your turn then it comes to dad's dan's turn he hits once he gets another action because he's a monk he hits again hey i've got a thing that lets me do a third one because i hit that one and now he's gotten all this time in spotlight and you've sat there and done nothing Well, I would argue,
2: one, if I made a cleric that is so
0: one-dimensional
2: that all I have to do is cast healing spells,
0: that's on me, right? Especially in later editions of D&D where they allowed spell dropping. Because in the earlier editions, I mean, like, second edition, if you were playing a cleric, you had to make that decision of, well, I'm expected to heal, so that's going to be the bulk
1: of my spell list. Oh, yeah. A cleric now is just... You're a combat monster wearing full armor, walking in. Well, oh, that was always... The... I'll just toss you a to heal.
0: Well, so that was the, always the case, but now they allow spell dropping where you can say this was supposed to be a...
2: Spiritual b- weapon, and now I'm going to do... Yeah, a- I'm just going to drop it, it or or and turn or or it that. into a
0: healing spell or whatever. And, and I realize in 5th edition, it's not quite spell dropping. It's spells prepped versus slots used. But, you know, in 3 and three five, and then Pathfinder, they did the whole spell dropping thing. Honestly, I don't know what they did. Well, in 4th, I guess they had the cards you flipped on cooldowns. But, you know, it, it gave you the ability to be something more, such that if, when combat occurs, you can do nothing, unless the GM has screwed you in some really unexpected way, that's probably a mistake in character creation, or at least character prep for that game. You made some choice that excluded you from that situation, Which I think is no different than saying, well, we're going to play a game of Shadowrun and I'm just not going to have any decking skills. Well, that's fine. But if you have no computer skills and that scene comes up, you've accepted in character building that this is a scene where the spotlight's not going to be on you. But when something comes along like Shaken or whatever, or I fail a save against Petrify or whatever it may be.
1: Suddenly, I'm out, and it had nothing to do with how I built my character. You know, And I really get what you're going for with this, too, of if someone struggles with spotlight, that's something they don't feel comfortable with, having something that actually forces the spotlight-like initiative, I can see where that would be a really good crutch for you to have for that. For a player that's not comfortable as well, that's their chance to step up and shine. You know, I'm not comfortable talking down these other players... But initiative, they have to shut up and let me do my thing. Broder. I I get it. It's not me, but I understand it.
0: Yeah, Broder, I wanted to ask you actually about that, now that I'm finally putting some order (laughs) to this chaos. When I was listening to you talk about combat, it sounded like, and I'm reading into this, so maybe you can tell me if I'm right or not here, but it sounded like when you're in open RP, that there's a lot more that the GM is saddled with that the game doesn't structure. Let's say you got a table with two chads (laughs) and three really quiet people juggling spotlight, figuring out how to engage them, trying to interact with their backstories, making sure that the not one sitting, but the sittings overall are much more about one character than the others, how the NPCs respond. It is very sink or swim on your own merits. And the game itself, oftentimes, and there are exceptions depending on the system, but oftentimes does not give you any obvious way to structure that to say, okay, the two chads at the table, you cannot speak right now. Whereas combat both forces one party to back off, but forces another party to step up and it structures and organizes. It kind of takes away... A certain degree of i don't want to use the word control because i think at the psychological level it's more like accountability right it's contribute or die <laughs> well okay yeah but i mean does do you feel okay let's say you have players who are contributing do you feel that it's a little bit safer or easier as a gm when you're in combat, because some of those fuzzy, soft decisions are now suddenly very structured by rules. And you know the spotlight management comes from initiative. What you're able to do comes from character building. I never really thought about it that
2: way. Honestly, this is the first time that I am considering, is it something that I like to do because it takes a player like Chad Versus my buddy like Jeremy, who is a very passive, I strap into the roller coaster and Mm -hmm. enjoy the ride style player Mm -hmm. and forces Chad to you're both on the same ride. You're both in the same car. You're both going to have the same experience and you both have the same relative rules that you can affect the story in. I never really thought about it that way. For me, it is the thrill. It is, I have all these tools. For example, I'm running midnight, which I'm not, if you want to look it up, look up midnight. It's (laughs) brilliant, but I'm running midnight. My players are at spot X, right? doesn't Mm. matter where they're at. What matters is, is that the party's ranger, for lack of a better term, recognizes that there is something flying amidst the clouds on this bright, sunny day with a little bit of cool cloud cover. And he sees this thing and it has wings and it's just, woof, woof, woof. and then he realizes it has the body of some sort of apex predator cat, and it's descending. And then he sees <laughs> Charles. See, Charles not, pissed not off. like
1: that. Then he sees yeah, it. You said cat.
2: Then it sees its tail, and he realizes f- me crooked. It's a manticore, right? So what are your well, players of the table? It's about to get f- one of your players at the table says manticore and then you look at that arrogant son of a bitch who knows the rules and you say elite stat array manticore and he shits himself <laughs> well, nobody else at the table knows what's going on and then you look at that guy specifically and you describe how folding out of the clouds Dropping and descending and falling into an almost like attack helicopter formation is the second manticore. <laughs> now, people at the table that don't know the rules are like, oh, there are two flying things. And in this campaign setting, we have a difficult time fighting flying things. But then the two guys at the table who know the rules are looking at me like I'm the world's biggest. F- because here they are, fourth level, and here are two CR six elite manticores that are coming. Between the two of them,
0: here come twelve D eight plus three each. Sheep, but this They're one, oh. on you're party. Time out. <laughs> this oh. one. Time out, This is what I'm talking about. You're talking about creating tension, not through narrative. But through numbers, through mechanics. Now, there's nothing wrong, and with... that's where Chad oh, and oh, oh, I have oh. a difference of perspective. Mm.
2: Not even opinion. Oh, you're you're yeah. not.
0: You're not done fighting me. So, so uh, uh, careful, we'll bring out two manticores. Yeah, I don't know, apparently the they're CR12.
2: I think they were
0: just regular manticores, CR5, oh. that
2: I gave elite statistic array to make them CR6. Oh. See, because I,
0: it, does that? It's an that it's an ability to create <laughs> tension. Totally winnable thing. I, I, right. All right. So let me so say. Proud. We We come up with thought exercise here. Let's actually do, well, we don't need to actually play this out. Just, just imagine this. And I say, try and scare me purely with narrative. And that's one challenge. But then I say, she's pregnant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See? But Chad, that's where you excel. And I'm going to yeah. co- And I, there's something I want to talk about here on the counterpoint regarding you and our blades in the dark game <laughs> here on this. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Cause some of us, are not ADD. And so... <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> or mania or whatever it is you're doing no, right mania now. mania for sure. Okay. All right. but And I'm not making fun. I'm just...
2: No, it's whatever. I yeah. mean, if, you know what? Anybody who has my mental illness, f*** off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that it's a very different sort of thing to say scare me with numbers, right? You come it's up... twins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, but it's,
0: no, worse would be, it's two different chicks. <laughs> but it's the difference between coming up with a story of why you're in debt to the IRS versus just saying, here's the tax bill and it's 50 grand. So here's the thing I can do at my table. I have the luxury
2: of being able to do both because I can describe this spike tail cat predator bat winged thing to the dismay of actor and chef, right? And they'll be like, oh, this sounds terrifying. Oh God, there's a second one. But then there is a feedback loop at my Mm. table, right? Because, the narrative-based players are uncomfortable with the description I made about the manticore. And I don't call it a manticore. I don't use right. the word manticore. I describe the thing, and my rules lawyer and my nemesis know exactly what it is, right? The other players to the table, they probably know exactly what it is as well, even though they don't know its stats now what I can do is I can hit them with a the cudgel of math. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look at rules lawyer and they look at nemesis and they see the second one come down. Now the party's like, "Oh crap! There's two of them. This is twice as difficult as we thought." Mm-hmm. But they look at the guys who know the numbers and they realize it's five times more difficult than they thought. And then the entire group deflates. You know,
0: I've been watching oh. a lot of documentaries. Oh, exciting! <laughs> I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately, uh-huh. like really detailed, like long, like series long ones. And Broder, you have no idea how well we start off with a scary idea and end it with a cudgel of math explains World War II. <laughs> in every theater, pretty but, much.
2: But it's true. But then here's what you do. So I, I have my dice behind the screen. I don't cheat in favor of me because I've already done that by stacking the encounter right. I've already stacked the stats in my favor, right? So I've done the opposite of Wayne. Right. I have stacked the mathematics in my favor, but just a little bit, right? Just like playing craps at a casino. It's always going to favor the house, but not statistically enough that your dumb ass won't come back because you're going to be back, right? So what I need to do now behind the screen, how much gas do I put on this throttle? Was that not 20 a crit? Or was it just a hit because I can look at Carthus's hit points because I have a combat matrix of the party behind my GM screen. I know relatively how much damage I've done. I better make that a regular hit. Hmm. He's terrified. He's afraid he's going to die, but I didn't kill him. He doesn't know that I could have killed him, but I didn't. All he knows is that I want to kill him. That's the other thing. When you're running a combat encounter, you need to engage combat with the enthusiasm of a sadist. Mm -hmm. Okay? Don't say... I want Chad's character today because you're playing Cletus right. and Cletus is a brilliant human fighter, barbarian with an eight intelligence and a 10 wisdom. But the biggest heart in the world, I fucking, I love Cletus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to kill him, but I need you to feel mm-hmm. that this man, core is going to kill Cletus, right? You have to know that you have to know that me, I am going to do my best to, as the manticore to kill cletus not cletus e- even though the social contract dictates you and i both know that that's not actually what's going to happen mm. but
1: you have to feel that tension right so, so the Brother, p- i think this is going to hurt you to hear and this is probably why i suck at combat except for D, most of the times i don't have anything statted out you but stat I- stuff out for D? for dnd i do so <laughs> Again, that 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 doesn't <laughs> that doesn't hurt me. It's just like if I mean specifically, like how much stress does this monster have in Dresden Files? What are its skills? I don't know until I need to roll it. Then I decide. Right. Oh, it sounds like he might be a plus three to this one, or whatever. It's all smoke okay. and mirrors. Can I t- can I tell you a zero? Yeah, I don't have to do that because
2: it's like the elephant and the chain circuses. When you first break an elephant. You wrap it with a chain. But eventually the elephant just gets tired of trying to break the chain and you can tie it with a rope. Now, the elephant very easily is gonna break that rope, but you know what? It's fing broken. It's tired. It's
0: like stamping the reins of a horse.
2: Yeah, yeah. You've already broken your players. Yeah, my (laughs) players you gotta run the TPK, Wayne. You gotta kill (laughs) motherfuckers. They have to die. They have to feel they have to know that you
1: will murder them, and you will you will blow load in your pants when you murdered them. With the exception of huh. <laughs> one-shots, con games, things like that, I can't think of a single character I've ever killed. I narratively made them think that I killed one of Chad's. But he wasn't dead. He came back. He played another hair. character for a while. Yeah,
0: See, I tell you, I've definitely come from a different perspective, because let's roll this way, way back. Our first games, well, I say are here, I mean like mm-hmm. mine and well, I guess Chad did play some D&D, but at least with most of the people I ran with, they were all FASA products. And there's a story for that that's been told in other episodes. If you want to know why, I don't know. I'm not going to tell it again right mm-hmm. now. But we started off with FASA Star Trek. And you know what? In FASA Star Trek... Well, I mean, the disintegration rate. Yeah. Guess what that does? You're not It, it disintegrates you. It doesn't Here. do hit points of, of damage. Yeah. Many of the weapons did not have a numeric damage. It's just they're not there anymore. Yeah. They just do an overlay of the two scenes or the two camera angles. Mm-hmm. And in one, the person's there and then they have the person walk off scene, <laughs> film an empty area and put a special effect in the middle. And that's how it works. Somebody shoots you with a phaser or disruptor. If it's a high grade one or even a decent one, there's no damage to it. It's just plain they're gone, right. They're particles in the wind. You're trying to not breathe them in at this point. <laughs> But, anyways, my point is, though, so I move on from that to we played some Shadowrun, which first edition Shadowrun was very difficult to run, so I'm just going to skip over that one and go to our third game, which was Battletech. Battletech is all profoundly above board. The only wiggle room I have, because if you are standing at this distance, at these speeds, behind this train, everyone can see the math. And, in most of the times I've run Battletech, there was at least one other person at the table who had a cheat sheet from the back of the book and could see the math as plainly as I could. An sphere PPC, Particle Projection Cannon, mm-hmm. does 10 points of damage. If you look at me and say, okay, the PPC hits, Chad, you take 28 points of damage, I'll be like, what? That, what? Yeah. <laughs> and if there's no good story reason for yeah. that, like, they're finding out the hard way they're in an experimental weapons lot or something like that, mm-hmm. then the mass all above board. The only thing I have in terms of easing on or off is at the role-playing level. Do the enemies keep fighting or do they decide that their mechs are worth more than victory and they pop a flare and say, you know what? We'd rather just walk this one away and just say, you guys win. We're out of here because our mechs are worth more than the objective. And that's a thing, at least in
1: older BattleTech. That's but, how I feel when I'm running d D. I right, feel and like I should cons- feel that way. I, feel I don't like want to I, die. When I feel like I am constrained by the rules, so my only option is a narrative, I'm going to make them play stupid. Yeah.
0: But, I, I but mean, that, like in BattleTech, once again, you hit somebody in the head with an AC 20 an autocannon mm-hmm. 20, which is I think a 200 millimeter autocannon, head has gone. You know, there is no version of events wherein the, the cockpit on that mech is still there. There is no fudging that. And so the only mechanism I have is either they're there, they're not there, or if it happened, I've got no mechanism anymore. I lose control. And if that's your kind of way of keeping the players engaged I was about to say something a little more dismissive but if that's your way of keeping the players engaged well then that's great I mean when I run our home booth, skies of glass the group as a whole requested don't back off the math and the only math I backed off was I didn't use the little Benny or token system much against you guys but other than that it was you know you lost a character to a shotgun to the stomach and in that because a shotgun to a stomach kills a person. In that game,
2: what was so delightful as a player, for just my perspective, is knowing knowing I could die, right? Knowing I could lose my character. Because if there is no sense of danger, yeah, there's no sense of excitement. But more importantly, in a social situation. It can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And there might be a significant consequence to our failure in this social situation. However, in a fight, failure is death. Failure is I lose my character. There is a stake. There is something on the line in a combat situation that feels different to, I think, everybody at well, the table uh, than the
1: consequences of a failed social situation. So, Brodar, do you find combat and blades in the dark exciting? I adore it. I absolutely well, love Chad it. Well, Chad can't kill you.
0: So, park that thought because that is a, that's a big onion that I want to unravel or go through the layers of so that's a really mixed metaphor, so,
2: but, but there's <laughs> but something Blade, else. But blades in the dark is the next evolution of a role-playing game, right? What I'm talking about is I'm talking, I'm talking about a game that is distinctively two things. It is social interaction and it's math combat, right? Blades in the dark and games of its ilk are the next generation of something that has
1: taken those two things and blended them in a way that I'm just not smart enough to understand. Well, and that's one of the differences between us. I started out on more games like that versus I didn't start with D&D. Well, I started with Skies of Glass, but I started with Skies of Glass where everyone told Dan they didn't want their characters to die. And Hmm. so... Well,
0: most everyone. Most yeah. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think I signed up
0: for that. No, yeah, but, was, but that uh, was the, the, group, but the table, table group consensus yeah. was go hard on us. Fact not... I even think I pulled you aside and said, yeah, my character's up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. But, the... but
1: I was brought into the group with that was what I was told. Is we decided we're not going to have our characters die in this. So death was off the table. I didn't know what I did and didn't like. Now I would always say I want death to be on the table with skies of glass. That was my introduction. From there, we went into other games. Played a lot of Fate, played a lot of other things where, again, it's different types of mechanics. I never had that D&D style until years into gaming.
2: The thing about Chad's game and Blades in the Dark is that I know if I do something colossally stupid, colossally foolish, right, that there will be a consequence to that action, even if it doesn't result in my death there will be a consequence because in Blades in the Dark, the worst thing that could happen to me is getting a fourth trauma and losing my character, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, And the character doesn't die. Right, but, it just, but it's taken it's away tired. from me. Right. And that is as good as death. Hmm. So the tension for me as a player is still there. That there is something that if I behave inappropriately to the world or to my character, I could lose it. And that danger, I think, is important.
0: This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com feartheboot.